0: What's up, guys? I am Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. Um, great guest, great return customer for you guys today, James Zuba. Uh, you know, deputy editor of NoonsMagician.com. He's he's been on before. Um, you know, me and James, for two guys who don't know each other, we we seem to hit it off and do podcasts together really well. So um, he was an easy choice for me to bring on, um, given the news that Alan Griffin was going to receive his waiver to play for Syracuse this year. Um, I thought it would be, you know, th- the right time to bring him on. You know, I also had uh, where I released top 25 uh, returning players in the ACC this year on ACCBasketballReport.com. Buddy Behams in the top 15, 16 in there. Um, you know, I thought maybe, you know, James would want to comment on that a little bit. And also James being in New York City, you know, I... I Hear things about New York City these days that uh, are troubling, I guess, and it, it, it's easy to hear and read things on Twitter that aren't true. And knowing James the way I do and getting to know him over the last couple of years, you know, knowing he was in the city, give me an honest assessment of what's actually going on there. And we, we kind of talk about that real quickly today as well. Um, uh, it looks like we're going to have a season, fellas and ladies, you know, which is fantastic. Um, Hopefully they do it right. Hopefully it's not one of these deals that's uh, that's uh, you know stop go stop, and you know we get four games and then you know nothing happens after that. So hopefully we do it right. It looks like college basketball um, is trying to do the right things. They're trying to take the proper precautions. Um, I say on this podcast that you know right before I jumped on this podcast, Rocco Miller, friend of the program tweeted out that it looks like uh, 11-10 being the earliest start date for college basketball, 12-4 being the latest start date is what the NCAA is currently looking at. Uh, a lot of people giving a lot of credit to Dan Gavitt uh, who's showing you know some tremendous leadership in, in trying to get this thing done. Dan's You know incredibly intelligent and you know I I don't have any experience with him But a lot of people that I respect speak very highly of him So I think we're in pretty good hands here, which is fantastic Um, As always the chimp is fantastic on this episode, uh, you know, putting James in the bonus with <laughs> some very creative questions. The chimp is very complimentary of a certain blonde-haired fox, and <laughs> you'll find out who that is very quickly. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was really fun to do. James is a great guy. Don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast. Uh, Apple Podcast, rate it favorably. Leave us a comment. Uh, go to accbasketballreport.com. Read some of the stuff we put up uh, the past couple days. You know the the site saw more traffic this weekend than maybe any weekend it has in three years that I've opened it up. So thanks for everybody who read, thanks for everybody who clicked, shared, liked, um, and and got the word out. Uh, I had many great conversations on on uh, Reddit with some people where we actually spoke nicely to each other. It was great to just to just bullshit about college basketball with people, you know, even people I don't know. So uh, good times there. Again, follow James at James Zuba, follow myself at ACCBR1, follow the Chimp at Carrie Chimp C-A-R-A-Y, Chimp, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Here he is, James Zuba. Ferrell turns the key,
1: drives the lane with three on the shot clock, doesn't get it. Five seconds to play, down the floor, he
0: beat the buzzer. Welcome to another episode of ACC Basketball Report. We are continuing a murderer's row of guests. Um with another repeat customer in, uh, James Zuba, who is the deputy editor of noonsmagician.com. Uh, it's been, I would say probably a year, James. I think we had you on in the preseason last time as well, just to talk a little Syracuse basketball. Hey, Ben, man?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've been good. Um, you must have another guest lined up if, if you're saying murderer's row, because there, there's no way that I'm a murderer's row guest, but, uh, no, ha- happy to be on, man. It's yeah, hey, yeah. It's about this time last year. I think we we did the pod, and uh, I've been good, man. I'm I'm back up in Syracuse now. I've relocated since due to the due to the pandemic and mm-hmm. um, out of New York City. Uh, I was trying to come out a little bit earlier, but had to reschedule with you guys. So appreciate you guys being accommodating and you know being willing to reschedule kind of last minute there. But uh, oh, so yeah, you, yeah, you were I, actually I've been in good
0: and trying to make the most of things. So you were actually in New York City.
2: Yeah, I, I had to go down this weekend. Uh, a buddy, a buddy came with me, and we had to kind of get all my stuff out of my old apartment in New York and bring it back up to Syracuse. So it's it's been a fun weekend.
0: <laughs> I've heard that it's. Uh quite the uh i i don't really know how to put it but you know i listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of comedians um especially just to try to get away from all that Uh, a lot of them guys are doing the zoom podcast and things like that and say that new york city is really kind of a shell of its former self and the crime is out of control and everything else is that your experience as well
2: yeah it was strange just being down there i mean it was a
0: quick trip for
2: us so you know we were just down there for a day but um definitely different i mean everybody's out like wearing masks and Um, restaurants are doing like the outdoor seating now. So it looks a little bit different with that. Um, you know, some of the seatings like right on the street parking where the street parking used to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's like people riding like dirt bikes and and four wheelers down first Avenue in New York. That's, (laughs) that was a little different. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely a little bit different than what it was this time last year. That's, that's for sure.
0: Uh, joining me as per usual, the last few weeks is, uh, the infamous Chimp Carey Chimp. What's going on, man?
1: Oh, not a lot. Just uh, excited uh, to be on again and excited to have uh, an expert in Syracuse basketball. Now, if I don't talk very much, it's probably because I know more about Julie Boeheim than I do Jim <laughs> Beheim. So uh, I'm just going to <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I'm just gonna listen to you guys go and uh, maybe chime in here and there.
0: I'll chime in whenever you feel like it man. I'm gonna throw it to you too. You know I will. So um I think you know, it's it's been we talked about this last year and probably the year before that. You know, the Beheim system, the you know, the product we're putting on the court lately is basically it's like he's he's implementing his defensive system all the way, and the offense seems to just kind of sputter along. Is that just a, a product of age? Is he just is he you know, trying to pass off some of that to Jerry or, or to Adrian or, or what's going on with, with the offensive mentality with this program right now, James?
2: Well, well I think it's it's partly based on personnel in, in recent years, but he's he's always been the kind of coach that just likes to put the ball in his best player's hands mm-hmm. and just has him go out and make a play. Uh, he's been critiqued for that. Uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of fans are also frustrated with the lack of creativity around the offense, Um, You know, we saw a couple seasons ago. It just kind of seemed like it was, "Hey, let's get Tyus battle the ball and let him make a play." Right. You know, let Tyus go one on one. Let him create. Um, Last year was very different, and just the you know the guards up top gave you a completely different look than you know Frank Howard and Tyus Battle had did for years prior. Uh, You know, you had Joe Girard up front at the point and Buddy Beheim at the two, and those two guys their their greatest strength is shooting the ball. So just just based on that, the offense looked a lot different last year. It was better. Um, Elijah Hughes got the ball in his hands a lot last year. He could kind of play make. Um, he's a really talented offensive player. So he could he could score from all three levels, um, take it off the dribble, finish, and create for others as well. So um, just just the fact of you know attrition and kind of having some new guys in the fold was was the reason for the different offense last year.
0: I think Eli Hughes was. First of all, when he transferred to Syracuse from East Carolina, I never expected him to be a candidate to ever lead the ACC in scoring. <laughs> that was absolutely insane to <laughs> me. Um yeah. I, I think that Eli Hugh, or Elijah Hughes kind of became the player that we thought that Tyus Battle could have become when he arrived at Syracuse. And I, how surprised were you at the season that he put up last year?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was surprising a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Beheim came in in the the beginning of the season and he said something to the effect of well he's going to get all Tyus' shots mm-hmm. and you know this isn't verbatim i'm just paraphrasing sure. but he's going to get all ties shots and we think he could be all first team all acc and i i kind of thought like okay he's exaggerating a little bit <laughs> like that's that's expecting a lot you know Tyus battle was really good um but but he did it i mean he came out and I don't think he got to showcase, you know, the year before his first year at Syracuse that he could take it off the dribble and make plays as much or make a secondary read. But he did that time and again this year. Um, You know, obviously, yeah, you you lead the league in scoring. You have the year that he did. Very impressive. And, um, you know, I, I don't think you know, we, I think everybody kind of thought he could come out and maybe get 15 a game and, and you know, create a little bit, but uh, you know, to go out and get 19
0: points a game and, you know, lead the ACC in scoring was, you know, above and beyond. Chimp, what's your impression of, you know, the overall product of Syracuse basketball the last few years?
1: Um, I know more about Syracuse basketball from the 80s <laughs> actually than, than, than now, but uh, you know, my impression probably is very similar to a lot of people around the country. Uh, you know about the 2-3 zone. Uh, it seems to me when Syracuse has length, uh, they're better. Um, going back to, I believe, Michael Carter Williams, uh, those guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, that 2-3 is, it's a tough defense to play against. Um, you know, and back to Eli Hughes for uh, a second. When I first saw him a couple years ago, I loved the guy. Uh, he's my kind of player, spot-up shooter, loved how he sh- shot the ball, and the strides that he made last year were absolutely unbelievable. So mm-hmm. I'm with you guys on the Eli Hughes thing, and and the bottom line with Syracuse is, you know, they they look very, very much different to me. Uh, I guess for me, now that I'm old, I'll call it modern times. Uh, <laughs> they look di- they're different now than they did back mm-hmm. in the 80s with Sherman Douglas and Cycli and and mm-hmm. Derek and Coleman and all the great players they've had. But, you know, Boeheim hasn't been as successful, but he's still been successful. So,
0: Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that you kind of hit on there, and we kind of expand on it here a little bit, is some of the great Syracuse teams have sported, Tremendous point guards, whether it be Sherman Douglas Or or Johnny Flynn or Tyler Ennis Or, or whoever mm-hmm. in, in recent Memories, you know, one guy that you and I Spoke about last year, James, was, was Jalen Carey, who was probably a You know, four star, I think top 40, top 50 type kid um, yeah. Coming into Syracuse uh, You know, I thought in a in a world where Jim Boeheim is talking about playing man to man, Jalen Carey could have had you know a really special season. Unfortunately, injuries kind of derailed him. He ended up transferring recently, receiving a, a waiver to play uh, instantly for uh, University of Rhode Island. You know right. where did where did the Jalen Carey experiment go wrong? Was it just not a good match, uh, personality wise or or philosophy wise? What what kind of went wrong there?
2: Yeah. So you're spot on with that. You know, he's a top 50, top 40 recruit depending on which service you're looking at, but, uh, really talented quick point guard out of New York city that, uh, was expected to do some big things at Syracuse, but it just seemed like from the beginning of, of last season that Joe Girard was going to be the starting point guard. That that sentiment seemed to, you know, come, come from Beheim, and it came quickly. Um, you know, just just two games in, and a post game presser, Reham came out and said, "No, like Joe's going to be the starting point guard going forward." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think for Jalen, you know, I think it's going to work out at Rhode Island, but I, but I do think that it was a it was a bad, not not, not I shouldn't say a bad fit, but I don't think his his skill set translated as best as it could have to a place like Syracuse because he he is more of a you know. He likes to get the ball, get out in transition. Uh, he likes to push pace. Um, I think he's better in a, in a man-to-man defense than mm-hmm. he is a zone. Uh, but but that said, you know, I mean, he did go down last season with, with the injury. Um, you know, he, he only played in a few games. He, he didn't get to showcase his his, to- his total skill set there. But um, he would have helped, you know. I mean, if he, if he hadn't ended his season with the injury, with the redshirt, uh, you know, he would have played the backup point guard position at worst and he could have helped that, that team last year for sure. Uh, but, but I do think going forward he's going to be a good fit at, at Rhode Island and it's going to work out there. And, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to get, see him get a lot of assist and points next to Russell there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, one thing that we have heard kind of trickle out where news is, is few and far between, uh, apart from everybody receiving waivers. Um, is you know a lot of people in the Syracuse media and the, in that market very impressed with a 6'5 swingman, uh, top 100 kid that you guys have in call, uh, named Kadari Richmond. Um, he's yeah. out of Brewster Academy, which is a basketball factory which puts out numerous top 100, 150 kids every year. Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about him for a traditional wing, he seems a bit on the smaller side at 6'4, 6'5, but people that have seen him in practice, people that are very prominent on, you know, in, in college basketball and on Twitter have said that this kid is a big time breakout candidate. Have you been able to get in the gym Mm -hmm. and watch him? Have you been able to see him with your own two eyes or or what's your impression of him? Uh, Personally? No,
2: I've not been in the gym. I haven't seen him play up close. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, uh, you're referring to Rothstein and his well-embedded moles.
1: That's correct. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, he's. I think he's a talented kid. Uh, obviously, a top one hundred player. Uh, you know, he's he's gonna play guard. Uh, I'd be surprised to see him play a little bit of forward. Uh, but you know, I think he's gonna play backup point guard behind Gerard, and uh, maybe he slides over to the two guard a little bit. And oh wow, they, okay,
0: you, he's gonna play the. You, you, you meant
2: you mentioned the waivers. I, Alan Griffin just received a waiver. And I know we'll get into that in a second. I'm sure, but I, I would I would think he'd be more inclined to, to play the two guard yeah. there. Um, and give Buddy a spell, then having Kadari slide over to the two. But yeah, Kadari's a guard. I, I think he's going to play some backup point guard minutes behind Gerard. and uh, he could just play based on necessity. I mean, you look at the backcourt. Uh, Syracuse lost Bryson Gooding, uh, they lost Jalen Carey, as we just talked about, to transfer, um, and Howard Washington as well. So the only two returning guards from last year are Joe and Buddy. So just based on need, he could play right away. And um, you know, I think he's a little bit raw offensively. Based on you know just highlight tapes that I've seen, I'm not going to pretend like I've seen him in person. But mm-hmm. um, you know, based based on things that I've heard, and um, you know, based on uh, just going off like the highlight tapes, I think he's a little raw offensively. But but he could help Syracuse next year. And uh, but but I wouldn't expect him to come onto the scene and you know take the ACC by storm in year one. I think he's just a guy that can provide some you know a few minutes off the bench and uh, you know get the get the main guards a blow.
0: You mentioned Alan Griffin receiving his waiver. Um... You know, he comes in similar to Elijah Hughes, except Elijah Hughes actually played with Tyus Battle uh, before replacing him. You know, Griffin, you know, coming off a very good a good season with a very good Illinois team, uh, was probably the third or fourth option on that team. I think he averaged around 10 points a game, shoots the ball at a high rate at about 42% from beyond the arc. Uh, so he is a very good shooter to step into that role. Is the expectation for him to fill a majority of that void that's left behind by Hughes, or is this going to be like a, a groove effort between Bayheim and Gerard and, and Griffin and you know potentially Kadari Richmond? Is that what we're looking at here?
2: Yeah, boy, it's it's going to be really tough to replace what Elijah Hughes did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a little bit unfair to expect Griffin to come in and be able to duplicate what Hughes did a season ago because he had such a great year, but. Uh, he's, he's a kid that could definitely come in, uh, be a spot up shooter. Uh, could probably shoot it off the dribble a little bit. I don't know that he could do as much off the dribble as Elijah did. So I do think it's going to have to be a little bit more by committee there. Um, this team, it remains to be seen if there's a playmaker, uh, you know, buddy and Joe, you know, I don't think that they can hunt their shot a little bit, but, but I don't know that they created a ton for others last year. So they're going to have to do a little bit more of that. Uh, Griffin and I think Marek Dolezal is going to be a guy who has to play make a little bit more I think he could do that uh, he's an unselfish player so if, the, if there's someone that's going to step up in that role uh, I think it would be Marek but Griffin's certainly a guy that can come in and he can help from range he's going to join a couple other shooters so um, not not all the defense will be just focused on him and uh, I think he get on the offensive glass a little bit too he mm-hmm. seems like a good rebounder for his eyes definitely a good athlete so uh, but you know those those three guys, those three guards really they're they're all shooters first, so that's gonna be a yep. tough tough to guard all three of those guys on the perimeter like that next year.
0: Chimp, as you look at the Syracuse team and you know player like Buddy Beheim, who you know from year one to year two improved exponentially, do you expect Bayheim's ceiling to get any higher or is he kind of the player that he's going to be at this point? do you think? Was that for me? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I actually actually looked up uh, Beheim today, and I saw he shot thirty seven percent last year. But in his last eight games, he was thirteen for fifty two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. now he did not; he didn't quit scoring. He just he stopped making three. Uh, but one thing I will say is, coming into his third year, he's going to be much more comfortable. Um, you know, he can shoot the ball. I don't. I don't think he's necessarily a great shooter. I think he's a good shooter, um, but I do. I expect him to improve and and, and, and have a good year. Uh, I really do.
0: James, I, I, I had Bayheim in my top twenty-five returning players for the for the ACC this season. Um, I mm-hmm. did, in fact, leave him off of uh, my my all-conference, you know, top three teams. Um, you know, at sixteen points a game, he's a good scorer. Um, he's, I, I think he's a good shooter, like Chimp said. But he is kind of a one-trick pony. The, you know, the difference is that he does that trick very, very well. Sometimes, um, you know, I think Beheim's a good player. I think JG three is a very good player. I also don't have JG. I don't have JG three in my top twenty-five returners. But I think he could absolutely be in the top half of that list next year. Does Beheim Does he still have further to go before he hits the ceiling? And what do you think JG 3s ceiling is?
2: Yeah, yeah, but he's got a little bit more to go. Um, 16 points per game is a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that, and he did that as a sophomore. That That's pretty impressive. Um, you know, I, I think he can grow a little bit more. Um, he's a really good shooter. You know, he, he shot at 37% from deep last year, as we mentioned. He he tailed off toward the end of the season, and I do think that teams really did start to force him off that three-point line. Mm-hmm. They just started to say, you know, if he's going to beat us, make him do it off the dribble. But don't give him an open jumper from deep. Uh, so I, I think he can grow a little bit more in that department. We, we saw it a little bit last year. You know, he started to take it off the dribble, uh, kind of a one-two dribble max and a pull-up. Uh, he got to the rim, you know, on rare occasions, but he can do it. So that's where he's got to really grow in his game. But, yeah, I think absolutely he's got a little bit more to grow. Uh, but, you know, he did score a lot. I don't know mm-hmm. if he can get up to, you know, 18 or 20 points a game this year. Uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely got more room to
0: grow. I like I said, I you know I don't have Gerard in my top twenty-five returners, but I think next year when I do the list, you know he could be a top ten, top twelve type guy. Um, sure. I, I think as he becomes more comfortable, I think the scoring that we saw from him at the at the prep level will will start to come back as well as the game kind of slows down for him. What are your expectations this year for for Gerard, or and then you know moving forward?
2: Yeah, Joe had a good freshman season. Uh, I think one underrated aspect of his game is uh, his, his assist to turnover ratio. Excuse me, he he had a really good pace to his game. Uh, he didn't really get sped up too much. Uh, so one thing I'd like to see you know him improve on as well is a little bit of the shot selection. Uh, sometimes he took a little bit. You know, he he likes to take a little bit. You know, shots early in the shot clock, but uh, you know he certainly made some as well. Uh, but he, he had a really good freshman season. I think he's going to have a really good sophomore year as well. Um, the area that those two guys, you know, him and buddy really have to improve upon is the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that was kind of the big problem for Syracuse last year. Actually it was the two, three zone. Uh, but you know, offensively he's a really gifted player. Um, you know, he's going to get a few more looks this year just based on Elijah being out, but Definitely expect him to be the starting point guard and command a lot of minutes there and, and get some more shots as well.
0: In the, uh, go ahead.
1: Coach, let me comment on, on Gerard sure. for just a second. I, uh, the games I watched Syracuse play last year, I, I was impressed with the kid. Uh, and I don't know if James would agree with this statement or not, but the kid has some shit in his neck. Would you agree with that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he <laughs> he is a hard-nosed player who likes when things get a little bit chippy. I think that, you know, really, you know, his competitive edge is already there. But, uh, you know, we saw, like, with Preston Hub. That's exactly what
0: we around. talked to Tom Noy about a couple weeks ago. Was that game yeah. in particular? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, he he, in front of sub, went at it, and uh, you, you saw the competitor in Gerard go out. But uh, JG three, no
1: no doubt about it, man.
2: He's he's a competitor, and, and he lives for it.
1: Well, he played forty minutes at Florida State last year, uh, and those guards are up in you from the time they tipped the ball up, and he had five assists and one turnover, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that to me, that is just incredibly impressive. And he played forty minutes in that game, so. I think, as far as we're talking ceilings, I think this kid's ceiling is way, way up there for me.
0: Yeah, for me too. That that game that game against Hub and I and I actually remembered it wrong. I thought for whatever reason, and I told Tom this on the podcast that uh, you know I remember Prentice Hub talking shit. And then JG3 goes off, and Syracuse won the game, and I forgot that Notre Dame actually won that game, because Hub was equally impressive, and that was one of the highlights from the season, was watching those two young guards go at it, that was incredible for me. Yeah. Th- That's what made it such
2: a great game, is that both those guys raised their level after mm-hmm. that, you know, little altercation, you know, uh, Hub stepped over JG3, and uh, you know JG3 obviously didn't like that, but <laughs> yeah, bo- both of those guys, yeah, they really raised their level after that, and, that's what made it such an interesting game down the stretch. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Notre Dame got the win. They, they were up four late. And then JG3 hit the step back three as time expired. And there was a big controversy over whether or not he got fouled or not. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, okay, refs, yeah. the refs didn't. You know, he, he falls down. Uh, the refs didn't call it in, in Notre Dame one by one.
0: Nice. Um, somebody else, you know, another player in this class uh, that I love personally is Quincy Garrier um, Off-season groin surgery should be fine for the season You know, super athletic um, I think he would be perfect At the small ball four I think he would still fit defensively um, I, I, He's a guy that I love You know, what? what do you feel about him? Um, what do you feel about this front court, which you know John Bola Jesse Edwards, you know not not a lot you know there or didn't show us a lot last year though Edwards did have some games down the stretch that may make you think that, that he's got a future. Um, my boy, Robert Braswell is going to return to the program um, <laughs> yep. despite doctors not knowing what's causing his pain. Um, you know, what do you think <laughs> of this Syracuse front the Syracuse front court? and what do you think of Garrier, uh, Garrier specifically?
2: Yeah, relatively unproven front court. Uh, obviously, you lose Hughes. Uh, you bring in Griffin, who's expected to play in the front court as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to answer your your question on Quincy, you know he he was playing through the groin injury last year, which may make a little bit of sense, but I, I do think it took him a little bit of time for him to understand what the coaching staff was looking out of him. Uh, you know how to play out of the two three zone sometimes he'd be late on a rotation or just be out of place in the zone Mm -hmm. Um, but you know he's certainly a a big body he can rebound it he rebounds it really well for his size he's a really strong guy Um, he's definitely got to work inside a little bit more he did that toward the end of last season Uh, you know early on it looked like he was he was content to shoot from outside so um, I like to see him work inside out you know start inside and then if he's open, you know, he could take the three pointer, but, uh, certainly a guy who's better, you know, slashing, going towards the rim and and finishing around the rim. Uh, but yeah, as for the, the front court as a whole, outside of Breck Dolezal, it's, it's a relatively unproven one for Amasin. kind of came on late as well, but you really don't know what you're going to get out of him at the center spot. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, back up Jesse Edwards certainly looks promising. We'll see what he did on the, in the off season. Uh, he was home in the Netherlands actually. And, uh, to put on a little bit of weight so uh we'll see what he does there and then yeah as you mentioned robert braswell's back uh, i think a lot of his minutes again he, he's just the guy that's that's kind of buried with with the depth but uh, i think a lot of his minutes are going to depend on you know how, how much alan griffin can play up at the two guard because if he's playing down that kind of puts braswell on the same same pecking order as he was last year uh mm-hmm. you know with hughes there so I think a lot of his minutes again are just going to depend on how much Griffin plays at the top of the zone.
0: You know, you mentioned you mentioned Barama Sidibe, and yeah. I, I think you and I have had this a uh, brief conversation. I, I've made the comments on Twitter before. I can't tell if Jim Beheim just doesn't like this kid or absolutely <laughs> loves this kid. Like he, Beheim is chewing his ass. It seems like going into every single timeout. What is the dynamic between those two? I'm assuming you've been at some some press conferences after the games and things like that. But what is what's their dynamic as as player and coach?
2: Y- yeah, I think there's a little bit of, of frustration. You know, Barama, he he has the talent and he's he's proven it. You know, he, he came yeah. on in his freshman year and uh, he showed such great promise. And then you know he had the knee tendonitis, so I think that really you know that slowed his development. It slowed his growth. Uh, and then and then last year it was, you know, a lot of tough sledding early on. And then something just clicked towards the end of last season. Something just clicked where to where he really started playing good basketball. Um, you know, I, I think the Beheim frustration, a lot of it has to do with the fouling. Um, sometimes he's out of, out of place in the zone or, you know, maybe not getting to the high post as quick as he could up on a shooter there. Uh, but, yeah, I think a lot of it, too, is the fouling. Sometimes he just kind of. Seems, seems to follow lackadaisically or, or without much you know effort or thought but um, he's definitely capable I mean he had double doubles down the stretch last year he played some of his best basketball against uh, North Carolina which I know they weren't very good last year but they did have a good front court so you know he's capable there and um, it's just a big kind of question mark of what you're going to get out of him are you going to get the good Barama or the bad Barama from
0: the start of the season? Yeah, I think um, when he was backing up Chuck Wu, I, I can't remember if it was if it was the knee tendonitis injury or what it was, or, or even which season it was. It really slips my mind at this moment. But like I want to say that his first game back from injury, he put up like a double double in like 18 minutes, and that really caught my eye. Like, wow, this okay? Maybe you know, maybe it was injuries. Maybe this kid just needed to be healthy. And you know, then you know, I had big expectations for him last year. I thought that, you know, him at the five and Dolajai at the four would be good, especially on the defensive end, especially in that zone. But he just, he seemed kind of lost at times. And I, you know, I don't really, going into this year, I really don't know what to expect from him anymore.
2: I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. His freshman year, he had a double-double at Pittsburgh. That was the, the 0-18 Kevin Stallings team. Okay. So uh, you got to have to take take everything, you know. Sure. He, he did have a great, he did have a great game there. and. He showed some promise offensively early on in his career, but yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. I don't think so. you know a lot of people in Syracuse know what they're they're going to get from Brown this year.
0: What is you know is is there a player that maybe we're kind of overlooking on this roster, and what do you expect from this team in in 2020
2: 21? Uh, we we've touched on on everybody at this mm-hmm. point. You know, maybe just bringing it back to Braswell. Uh, he's he's a guy. If he can get in the rotation, you know, I think he could he could make a little bit of an impact. He, he does struggle a little bit, you know, on, on the defensive side, just rebounding uh, that, you know, if, if you're playing the back line of the zone, you know, Jim and the Syracuse staff, they're going to want you to rebound out of that position. Mm-hmm. So he's got to get a little bit more physical down there. But it did seem like when he when he came into the games last year, you know, he he made solid contributions right away off the bench. He'd come in and knock down a three. So um, but, you know, again, I just think his minutes are going to depend on where other guys are playing. You know, may, maybe if, you know, Jesse Edwards isn't ready and uh, Marek is playing some center, maybe that opens up a little bit more of an opportunity for him too. But, uh, no, I, I think we've touched on the roster for the most part at this point. And then, um, you know, there, there's nobody there's nobody else I'd say we're overlooking at this point.
0: Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Robert Braswell is, he was just an uber-athletic kind of 3-4 hybrid that is, he, he's a layup line superstar at this point in his career, but, uh, you know, some of the times you'll catch him doing some shit in the pregame, and you're like, oh, hey now, who's that guy? And, um, you know, struggled through pain with his legs, I don't, I'm not sure if it's, I think it's his shins, I believe, um, and for whatever reason, he, what is it? Yeah,
2: he, he described the pain as like shin splints. Right. Uh, there was no definition, but, um, you know, he sat out the rest of last year looking to get a red shirt, so... He could, he could theoretically
0: be be a sophomore by eligibility this year. Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, you know, physicians have been unable to pinpoint what the actual cause of his pain is. So, you know, unfortunately, we haven't been able to see him on the court as much as we'd like, and, you know, we may not be able to see him at his, at his full potential. Um, James, one thing that we're doing different this year that uh, we've kind of added to the show is my co-host here is doing what we call putting you in the bonus and to close out the show basically just comes at you with a random seven pack of questions i don't know what they are one or two of them always <laughs> takes me by surprise it's usually just meant to to get to know you a little bit on a, on a more personal level and you know a little bit of of good-hearted humor to end the show so are you ready to go into the bonus
2: yeah let's get it put me in the bonus baby
0: let's go champ all you buddy
1: all right, here we go. We're going to start out with a really, really good question. I think one of the better questions I've ever asked <laughs> all right Question number one: what is a bigger miracle the nineteen eighty u s hockey team beating the Soviets or Jim Beheim marrying a woman <laughs> twenty two years younger than him who is a total fox
2: uh, man how do you how do you choose uh, uh Man, that's that's a yeah, you were a kid, man. You're really putting me on the spot with that one. Uh I'll I'll go I'll go with uh, with the miracle on ice team, just will <laughs> I'll I'll go with the miracle on ice team. How about that? You, you gotta admit it's close though, right? <laughs>
1: it's, it's very close.
2: It's very close. I thought you were gonna go I thought you were gonna bring up Bayhive's comments on Gary uh, saying his two made free throws in Notre Dame were the miracle for the year last year. I <laughs> thought that's where you were going with
1: that. <laughs> All right, question number two. Uh, now, you're a finance guy, correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct.
1: All right, well, rank these movies for me. That's the worst. The Big Short, Wall Street, Trading Places. Oof. Uh,
2: Wall Street, number one. Who? Trading places, number two, the big short three.
1: All right. Question number three. The NCAA somehow now has subpoena power and they can drag coaches into court. You are an attorney and you have to defend one of these three coaches. <laughs> Which one are you going to defend? Mm. Sean Miller? No. Bill Self? Yes. Or Will Wade?
2: Jesus, that's easy. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with none of
1: them. I'm not, I'm not taking the kids. Can so I do you, that? Can You just, can I, you can just I, absolutely I, refuse to de- defend any of these guys.
2: Yes.
0: Can I do that? Sure, absolutely. We're <laughs> <flying blakers. laughs> Would you? Would you rather? Would you rather defend Patino than any of those three?
2: I, I I guess I would probably go with Bill Self, but you know, I mean. I would not, I would not go with (laughs) Tito.
1: That's a, that's a really, that's a tough question. It's a no win situation. All right. An easier question here. What is the best concert you've ever attended?
2: Best concert I've ever attended, man. You know what? Um, I'm going to go with two for, for a variety because I know there's going to be some people who, who aren't fond of my first, but um you know i've seen drake in concert a few times now and he puts on a heck of a show i know there's a lot of you know varying opinions on him as, as you know an artist but uh he's he's put on a heck of a performance you know a couple times when, when i've seen him in person and uh, i did get to see the eagles at madison square garden last year nice. right before the pandemic so uh they they were phenomenal that was one of the best concerts i've ever seen so uh shout out to the eagles i know there's some eagle
0: fans out there i'm an eagles fan well i
1: Bro, Yeah, I would definitely go with the Eagles there. Okay, (laughs) question number five. Who is a college basketball media personality that absolutely just irks the shit out of you?
0: (laughs) Putting him right on the spot.
2: Man, um, you you know, I mean... <laughs> For if anybody follows Syracuse, I, I think a lot of a lot of people wouldn't be surprised. But you know, I think Doug Gottlieb's kind of one, just because oh. he played the game a little bit with the Syracuse fans, and uh, uh, even even uh, you know when it, when it's clearly he's clearly in the wrong, I think he uh, you know he likes to poke the bear a little bit. But uh,
0: yeah, if, if I got to
2: pick one, I, I guess I'll go with Gottlieb. I like that answer
0: a Chimp, lot, Champ. Who, <laughs> uh, uh, Champ? I'll give you mine if you give me yours. Uh okay, yeah, we got to get you guys in on this, J- Jason McIntyre. <laughs> Jason McIntyre drives me absolutely crazy. Just it's like he's he's trying to be some core some sort of Trailer Park version of Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith, and he just comes off mm. as as uninformed. It just his takes aren't hot as much as they just sound dumb, and he drives me crazy.
1: Um, so I guess I'm up. Uh, there are a lot of color announcers that bother me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but I, I'm I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to say Rothstein. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I just think he's a total goofball. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. Okay, question number six. You attended Marist College, correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Yes. Okay. First is a two-part question. First question, why did you choose Marist and who else was recruiting you? And the second part of the question is, next to you, who is Marist College's most famous alumni? (laughs) Uh,
2: First part of the question, I was a zero-star recruit, so I didn't have (laughs) many people courting my services for much of anything uh, coming out of high school. But, uh, you know, it, it was a beautiful campus, uh, you know, I'm from Syracuse originally, but my goal was always to be in New York. And I actually really wanted to go to LeMoyne College in Syracuse, which, uh, you know, if you're not from the area, you probably wouldn't be familiar with it, but it's a small Jesuit hey. school. Uh, D2, man. The Dolphins.
1: Yeah. Okay. John one Got to start there. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, I, I should know my... You guys, of course, know, but uh, for listeners of the show who might not be, you know, familiar... Uh, small Jesuit school in, in the Syracuse area. And, uh, you know, my, my uncle, who has been a big mentor and big influence on my life, he he sort of said, you know, if the city's your goal, why, why don't you look into, like, Amherst? And I did. Uh, the campus was beautiful. Um, you know, I studied finance, and, and the finance program was pretty good. We had a form, couple former professors who were on the street. So, um, you know, it was just a beautiful campus, and I liked everything about it. You know, small classroom sizes. Um, I like the program and, uh, you know, I, I don't regret it for a second. Marist is a great school and, um, you know, I really enjoyed my time there as well.
0: Man, they have- Um, as,
2: as for the second part, go ahead. I'm I, sorry. I, I think you, you, you know, you probably, I, I'm certainly not a, not a famous alone by, by any means, but, uh, you know, I think you'd have to probably go with like Rick Smith's, you know, on the basketball side. Um, and unfortunately you probably have to go with like
1: Bill O'Reilly.
2: Uh, Absolutely. His, his American those,
1: were, those were the top 2 so you you ding 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 we need to get it, get him a uh, ACC t-shirt that's a great answer
2: sir let's go I'm a large send it to me
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right last question question number 7 uh, your life is on the line you can only save yourself by making a winning wager a winning college basketball wager saves your life do you make the wager yourself or do you pick someone else to do it and you can pick anybody on earth Wow um, you,
2: you know confident? if if I'm going out it's gonna be based on my own decision you know I'm not gonna put my life in somebody else's hands so uh, you, you know if if my life's on the line yeah I'm, I'm making that pick for
1: sure and uh, are you ta- are you taking are you taking Syracuse as a road favorite probably not (laughs) (laughs) if i had to be honest with you probably not (laughs) well james you are now in the bonus and i gotta tell you man you were awesome uh i really do appreciate it and uh gotta tell you learned a lot about uh q's basketball thanks man that that's
2: great those are some really hard questions too man i'm not gonna lie like i i the first one man you're coming on hot with that too like i it's hard to answer some of those so but you know that that was fun i, I appreciate stuff like that so you know it's that's good stuff thank you
1: well i'm glad and i tell you i'm a huge julie Beheim fan uh <laughs> jim Beheim, you talk you talk about absolutely out kicking your coverage knocking one out of the park however you want to put it man that guy he he did very well for himself
0: indeed no no doubt about it no doubt about it so uh, i wanted to comment on You know, you're talking. I didn't know you were a Marist alum until until you guys brought it up. So, one thing you know that I remember from recent years, I say that in air quotes, was that I used to love watching a particular point guard from Marist. And I I say recent Mm -hmm. years and I jump on sports reference and and start looking it up while you guys are chatting. And it turns out that it's damn near 15 years ago. And it's um, Jared Jordan, uh, who was. Absolutely incredible in a year that Marist was was unreal. Um I thought that they made it to the tournament that year, but apparently they didn't. Uh twenty five and nine, fourteen and four in the Mac with two A's. And I, did Jordan play professionally? He he was actually drafted in the second round, if memory serves correct. Maybe I'm thinking uh, of Whittington. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But I, but anyway, I you know, I was thinking that that was recent they went to the tournament and it turns out to be fifteen years ago, so uh,
1: let me add something real quick on Marist while I was doing a little homework. Uh, they've been to the NCAA tournament twice in their 0 and 2. Do you know who their losses were to?
2: Oof. Uh, they were they were definitely in the Rick Smith's era, because I know they haven't been back since. Correct. Um off the top is
1: Oklahoma State one. Uh actually they beat Oklahoma State and NIT a few years ago. <laughs> but the reason I brought this up is cuz their losses are are to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is one and the yep. other one is Georgia Tech.
2: That's right. Georgia Tech. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: I know Michael's pleased about that one. I, I am. You know, I, I I clicked on the season right before he said it. That's why I started giggling like a little schoolgirl. So, <laughs> uh, James, man, always a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, hopefully we have a season. Uh, I think, you know, I think the orange are going to be good. I think my jackets are finally going to be very good. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe we can uh, place that wager in the future if everything works out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We could place that wager. Just hopefully my life's not on the line when we do it. Um, yeah, <laughs> always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to come on. I love coming on. And, uh, you know, you guys do good stuff as well. And I read the site throughout the year. I listen to the pod and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. So,
0: and, uh, uh it, it, real quick, I guess, you know, I know you and Bobby have a pod, so go ahead and tell us where we can find that and, uh, and where you're writing these days as well. <clears throat>
2: Well, I'm I'm still at Noons, so you can find find my work at noonsmagician dot uh, You can follow me on Twitter at jameszuba s z u uh, b a. The pod is on hiatus as Bobby has uh, stepped away from Noons from the time being. Oh, okay. Uh, he's he's back in Boston. He's since graduated, so he's on to you know bigger and better things. But uh, you know you can follow Bobby as well on Twitter. Uh, definitely a good follow. A real Bob Manning is his name.
0: Yes, sir. I've been on that podcast. It was a good time. I hope you guys bring it back or or some kind of uh, some kind of version of it in the future.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll see what we could do there. Definitely around basketball season, we should have something. And uh, it does sound like we're going to get a basketball season in one one form or another. Um, you know, contingency plans are being discussed right now, and uh, it just seems like uh, you know they can't go two years without the tournament. So it does seem like we're going to get a basketball season.
0: Yeah, see, uh, see, Rocco just tweeted out something before I jumped on. Uh, this podcast, that they basically narrow it down to four dates, uh, the earliest being the 10th of November, the latest being the 4th of December, I believe, looking for a mm-hmm. start time. So, um, you know, hopefully they're able to, to make something happen similar to what the NBA did. I think the NBA has knocked it out of the park. The NHL has done very well. Uh, baseball, not so much, but I think they're kind of getting a bad rap, to, you know, compared to what the other two have been able to do. Baseball is kind of a different animal. So, for sure. All right, guys, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, Thanks to everybody who listened, and we will see you in a couple weeks. I'm on vacation next week. So thanks to James. Thanks to the Chimp. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. That was James Zuba from Noon's Magician and, of course, the famous Chimp Carey. Um, Always a good time to get with James, Um, You know, one of the smarter guys as far as uh, Syracuse basketball goes. He's my go-to guy for Syracuse basketball, who I think has you know bright future this season with uh, with Allen Griffin go ahead and getting his waiver uh, i am a little bit concerned with that front court but uh, i think you know given the way that they play and given the guns that they have on the perimeter this is going to be a very good shooting team i think guerrier is as a monster on the offensive glass especially uh, could provide them with some some second chance opportunities and uh, you know Syracuse, I'm a little bit higher on them than I have been in recent seasons. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of development uh, Gerard brings. Uh, you know the health that Gary brings. Jesse Edwards, if he can become some kind of a solid front court piece off the bench, I think Syracuse will do fairly well this season. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned at the interview, um, I'm on vacation uh, starting about Thursday evening this week. I have family coming down from Maine. I have family coming up from South Carolina. So uh, we'll be doing the family thing for about a week. Um, after that, uh, Candace Cooper will join us uh, on September 6th. For those of you in the Triangle, you know who Candace Cooper is. She's on ESPN Radio, 90, 99.9 The Fan. Her podcast is broadcast on The Fan on Sunday mornings. Former UNC athlete. Uh, very smart. Very articulate. Should be a really, really good show. Um, after that, um, just before uh, I jumped on uh, with James... I uh, talked to uh, to Rob Doster, who will be on shortly after Candace. We're going to do a midweek episode and get Rob on. Something I've been working on for way too long. Uh, our schedules didn't match up in December. Our schedules, you know, we were supposed to get together a few weeks ago. And then, of course, you know, things things with Rob changed a little bit. So, you know, I just kind of stepped away and gave him his space. He contacted me today. So we're going to get that done. And then on 9-14, we're going to have, uh, you know, another legend Um, In the ACC and the Triangle, David Glenn is going to join us, which if you guys don't know who David Glenn is, he started accsports.com. He writes for The Athletic. Um, You know, he's big on, again, ESPN Radio, 99.9 The Fan. He is, I mean, David Glenn in, in North Carolina, in the state of North Carolina, is a big deal. So I'm really looking forward to having David on, you know. Lately, I think we've been just straight killing it with guests and with interviews. Uh, I'm really having a good time. I know the Chimp's having a good time. I think the guests are having a good time, and uh, we just keep cranking out that good material. So, hope you guys enjoyed. This has been ACC Basketball Report. Please don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast, get that viewership up, get that listenership up. I know I told you guys on Twitter that I was going to be able to put this episode on YouTube. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Because Zoom has a limit on non-paying memberships for 40 minutes and they kick you off. I have yet to set up my subscription even though I get reimbursed for it through work. That's my fault. I apologize. I'm going to try to get that set up while I'm on vacation. We'll get you guys taken care of. I know you guys, you know, there's a whole medium out there uh, in the YouTube verse that I haven't tapped into. It's because I just, I I don't adapt (laughs) To through technology well, so you know as I learn how to use Zoom, as I learn how to use YouTube, I will start to uh, to use that more effectively moving forward. I apologize for for my failure as far as this episode goes, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm Michael Hunter. Follow me on Twitter at accbr1. Follow the Chimp at CarryChimp That's C A R A Y, and of course follow James at where's he at? Where's he at? Oh, James is at James Zuba. So there you go. His name's going to be spelled just like it is in the title line. I hope you guys give him a follow. He's a great source for information on Syracuse basketball. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. Later.